All right. All right, welcome to the Stop Money Anxiety Now live podcast show number one called Creating a Loving Relationship with Money. Welcome to our very first live broadcast of the Stop Money Anxiety Now podcast series. I am your host, Wei Hong, from the Six Figure Academy, and this is my co-host, Jessica. Hello. What's up? (laughs) She's going to be representing the female counterpart and the millennial perspective because I actually am not a millennial, and so we want to make sure that we cover as much ground as possible on this show so we get that little light um, youthful perspective. <laughs> and so now this is the podcast where I give you real world tips, strategies and interviews and just like banter and discussions with you, the audience and the guests that are on the show with other entrepreneurs on how to eliminate the destructive money habits and anxiety so that you can create a prosperous and abundant lifestyle in business free of financial stress and worry. How are you, Jessica? I'm great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got back from Thailand a few days ago. That's right. So feeling super refreshed. Yeah. Um, really clear. Just yeah, energized, excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how do you like the uh, how do you like the, uh, uh, the the intro of this? You know, every time I hear the intro on this one of this, of the, it's it reminds me of my dad because that <laughs> instrument that they use on that intro is actually. Uh, an instrument that my dad plays. Really? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, no, it's. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think my my dad can't play any instrument. So <laughs> that's too bad. I trust you. Music is a big is a big deal in our family, and it's funny because my dad didn't learn until later in life. I mean, that that instrument is. You know, when you go to Chinatown, yeah, and you see those old people that are sitting around, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's actually uh, that's my, actually my dad. Your dad. That's, that's actually my dad. They're all my dad. <laughs> No, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so, um, but anyway, yeah, so it's funny because you were telling me about Thailand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and in Thailand, they have, what are they, the, uh, what's the monetary value they have there? What's the, what's the what they use? THB, Thai bot. Yeah, um, it's 35 baht to one US dollar. Uh, you could buy. What is it called again? It's called a bot? Bot, B A H H T. Oh, not like a robot, but it's no. B A H T. Yeah. Like I bought something with eh, bot. But like bot. So you did, what did you buy? <laughs> so I bought something with bot. So how do people I tell the difference? I bought a lot of food for a dollar over there. For a bot. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I mean, for 35 baht, you know, you could buy one really good, like a good dish. I'm sorry. Of Every time you say bot, I'm thinking you're doing like the robot, like while you're buying things. Like a, here's my you can 30. buy robots over there and then, too. And then you talk monotonish. Here's my 35 <laughs> bot. I bought bot. No, yeah. no, okay. no. I, unfortunately, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, if you if you wanted to, you could. But I mean, all I bought was food. I'm a, I'm a food enthusiast. So I was all you bought was food. food. Yeah. I can tell you came back with virtually nothing but snacks. <laughs> you know, I mean, you were barely dressed. You walk into the offices. I'm back. Here's yeah. a lot of food I bought with bot. <laughs> You know, you know, it, it might, might all seem like joking and fun, but this is the kind of relationship that we have with money in at the Six Figure Academy. I mean, if you can't have fun with bot, I mean, with money, you know, bot. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Yeah, bot. bot. So that's going to be the thing, bot, B-A-H-T, bot. So 35 bot for a dollar. 
Yeah, thirty-five baht. And so, how much is something like a, a bottle of water at? at um, seventeen a bot, baht. A bottle of water. Get it? Gage. <laughs> You're kidding. just on a roll. Right? I'm on a roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, a bottle of water you could buy for seventeen baht. Seventeen which baht. Is even, like fifty cents. Yeah, yeah, fifty cents. Fifty cents. Yeah, I remember the first time I came back from Thailand, I was putting a quarter into the parking meter. It killed me. Cause I was like, <laughs> that's that's your rent in, in, in Thailand. So I just put my rent to park for fifteen minutes here. Not even that. It's like Seriously, eight minutes or something I like that. Bought a meal. You got a bot with the bot. With the bot. With a bot. All right. <laughs> Enough vanishes. So welcome back, and happy to have you back. And finally, we can launch the show now it's that you're here. Be because back. for those of you who don't know, we did not launch the show because Jessica was not, <laughs> That's not domestic. True, don't believe anything that Lisa. Okay. Only money stuff. <laughs> Only money stuff. Everything else, don't don't buy into the bot. Anyway, all right. So let's talk about about our guest today. I want because he's sitting here and he's. It's kind of weird having him sitting here and be in a conversation, but not really be in the conversation. So, so today we have Carrie Hokama from Own Yourself, Own Yourself podcast. I like to say it that way, but it's called Own Yourself podcast to talk about how he created a loving relationship with money. And the funny thing is, I talk about it all the time, but it's always interesting, fascinating to hear it from somebody else. Now, he's also an entrepreneur with at least four businesses, is the author of the similarly titled book called Own Yourself. And like I said, I could say, Own Yourself. You know? And how Carrie and I met, I mean, we actually were introduced uh, about now, probably about a year and a half, almost two years ago. And it took us about a year to finally connect. One, because we're both really, really busy. I mean, this guy has four businesses as an entrepreneur, so if you can imagine, I mean, most people are pretty busy with one. He's got four. He's married, beautiful wife. She's got some things going on there. And so they've got some big things going on, and that's probably why we didn't get a chance to connect right away. And as and it, and it worked out, because when we finally did connect, it was like amazing. It was awesome. It was, it was like we didn't even skip a beat. Uh, it didn't seem like a year went by when we were first introduced. And he's like another brother from another mother. I mean, we both had the same barber. We, uh, you guys look at the picture and, uh, you know, we, you know, he's currently doing fitness work, you know, training people as well, which what I used to do in the past as well. Jessica, you can appreciate that too, being a yogic Thai person doing mm-hmm. Thai certified yoga instructor, mm-hmm. Thai massage yeah. therapist. And yeah, how Keeping you know, up with the body is really important. Really important, right? And so let me give you a little bit of background what this guy's all about. For those of you who don't know, okay, uh, Kerry Hokama is a holistic transformational coach, which I love. And now he's going to probably go into a little bit more of what that means to him, to his audience, whose passion emerges from equipping individuals with the essential tools and skills required for self-mastery and personal transformation. And this is why, for those of you who know me, this is why I love this guy so much. His personal skills have ventured across all these commercial enterprises as corporate management, entrepreneurial work, music, entertainment. And I just learned from him today that he also, you know, NGOs, is another way of saying MPOs, which is another way of saying nonprofit organization. And I didn't know what G stands for, and they told me non-governmental, right? Is that what you said, Jessica? Yeah, yeah. Non-governmental organization, Yeah. right? Uh, hopefully this thing stops. Okay, driven by the energy and vigor of his lively personality, which you guys will experience in just a few moments, I think I just get out of his way, his development as an established professional groups um, groups him amongst the world's most sought-after executive coaches, and motivational speakers. To be honest, I have not heard from him speak yet, but just having the several meetings I've had with him, I could see how he could be amazing, and I've already introduced him to a few of my contacts to get him on more stages. Again, he's the author of your Own Yourself, Own Yourself, 
and host of the Own Yourself podcast. He's also owner and instructor of a We Shape LA Fitness, co-founder of Thou, which is a really cool thing. I'll let him talk about that, mm-hmm. which is a storytelling and media collective. I'd like to introduce you, everybody out there. Welcome to the show, Mr. Kerry Hokama. Yay. Yay! Yeah, we can actually give him a little bit of uh, uh, applause. Yay! <laughs> Here he is. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. All I gotta say is that, man, the entire time that I was sitting right here listening to you guys, I'm thinking, put me in, coach! <laughs> man, but I, I really love it, man. I, I'm excited to just really sit here and, and learn from you guys and learn of the wonderful things that just comes out of our mouth. Sometimes you create that type of value just listening to what, whatever comes out at that moment. So yeah. I'm really excited about that, yeah, you guys. You know, Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. And then we gave you your gifts. We gave you your uh, man lotion to use during the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a lotion on my desk. That was a apparently it was a gag gift, but uh, it actually is it not. Works. It's actually mm-hmm. nice. It's called man lotion. It's actually lotion, mm-hmm. and so um, mm-hmm. you know, Carrie's been liberally using it. But let's get right to it because I, I'm pretty sure, aside from us, you know, uh, showing you, talking to you about what we're what we're all about here. I think what I really want to know, and I think what the audience would love to know, is how you went. And I'll let you tell your story, creating how you went from having every excuse on the planet and how you grew up to not have a loving relationship with money. Mm-hmm. In fact, to the opposite, mm-hmm. you could easily have created a very, very polaric relationship with money. I don't want to use the other word. But despite that, you ended up creating a very, very loving relationship with money, which is a big part of what we do here at The Six Figure. And that's why I want you to share your story. I mean, talk about... A little bit about where you are right now when it comes to money, and then talk about where you came from. I mean, think that I think that that would be a great place to start. Sure. So where I'm at now is uh, I call myself a kingmaker, and what I, what that means is really I spent the first 33 years of my life trying to be a king, and so without going into to much you know into further detail right now because of you know the the sequence that you had requested way, yeah. Uh, <laughs> When I was when I was ten is when my father left the family in order to go and make more money. Essentially, our family broke up, and so to up until maybe seven years ago, it's funny you ask that question because tomorrow I'm re- I'm releasing a podcast uh, with a with one of the America's greatest bike builders that this generation has ever seen, and I thought I was on his hit list. I mean, I thought I was going to be killed by this guy seven years ago what? over some money, and wow. I realized, wow, you know what? I was I was in a place where I had chased money, I had chased fame and popularity, uh, all because I can do exactly what my parents weren't able to do. And so I did everything, right? I chased uh, being, a, being a rock star. I started my own record label, tried to start a, a clothing line. And uh, once that, that whole thing just crashed and I lost everything and I lost my identity, I lost uh, just all the confidence in the world that a man can, can ever have when you're 30 years old essentially and having to start your life from scratch all over again you start to realize wow man what what am i living for and and then everything just starts to hit they start thinking okay well what 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 did i do wrong to be here to be where i am today and i think uh my story does start you know seven eight years ago when uh, that's when i just really dove into to self-help and personal development material i started reading my, my very first book was uh I believe it was um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And that just really spawned a new 
mindset, if you will. And we'll get into that just because everyone these days, they say, oh, it's about the mindset. We'll, we'll get into that, right? Yeah. But it really, that's, that's how it really has just spawned a new birth of, of my relationship to, to this world, uh, to money. And uh, it was just really adding value. So again, I consider myself a kingmaker. I spent the first 33 years of my life trying to be a king until I, I dove into wanting to, to just really spend the rest of my life helping people. And though I'm not a religious person, I'm very spiritual. Uh, there's a character in the Bible named Samuel who spent his entire life building kings uh-huh. of his generation. Huh. And once I understood his character, I was like, wow, I'm Samuel. I am Samuel, man. You know, uh-huh. my, I spent the first 33 years of my life trying to be a king. But now I'm going to spend the rest of my life building the kings and queens of our next generation. Uh-huh. And from that day on, I, I did everything I could to just add value to people's lives. And uh, my relationship to money had grown to, to, to where, you know, I'm able to, again, like you said, mentioned earlier, uh, I have four businesses now that right. I, I truly enjoy doing every single day. And it's really um, adding value to other people's lives and at the same time creating that value so that, that we have the funds necessary to, in order to create even more value for these people. And so yeah. that's in a nutshell where we're at. I was able to, to uh, create an Amazon best-selling book last year called Own Yourself. Uh-huh. And then from that, I was able to create a podcast. And we've had some Very amazing cool. guests. And then through that, uh, my buddies and I created Thou Collective, which is a storytelling and media company, which uh, our vision is to walk the ends of the earth you know, sharing stories of amazing people doing amazing things regardless of their circumstances. Right. And so my vision today, my mission is to help other people live life at level 10 with inspired action every single day regardless of the circumstances. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we share all those links uh, on the, you know, after we're done with the show to make sure that it's, you know, people can access and find you yeah. on all those different platforms. You know, I, one of the things that stood out to me is that you, you said you, you know, about being kings, you know, that's a, that's a phrase that I don't hear. I hear very few, very few people actually talk about. Can you define uh, what do you mean by king? What do you mean by queen? You know, creating, helping create more kings and queens on this planet. Because I mean, obviously, I'm thinking, well, if it's kind of all kings and queens and nobody else, then that's kind of be a weird place. Sure, <laughs> but sure. yeah, define. Help me define what what is that? What do you mean by king? That's a good question. I never really thought about what a king would mean to say Jessica or a queen, right? To Jessica or what that means to you. And that would be more of a, a subjective definition of what that means. But I think for me, it's li- literally, it's what my mission is. Uh-huh. My mission is to help people live life, their life, at level, at level 10 every single day, regardless of the circumstances. So mm-hmm. like to their definition of what a king or queen means. Right. I believe uh, a king is someone who lives to his fullest potential. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. a queen is for someone to live to her fullest potential. And I know that you had you and I had some banter, Jessica, going back and forth. And and it was cool that you said uh, potential or, or, or just living to the fullest mm-hmm. and unlocking that. And uh, you're talking about how you spent your last couple of days in Thailand mm-hmm. just realizing, well, if my tombs, you know, if, if I died today, what would, mm-hmm. what would my tombstone read? Mm-hmm. You know, would your tombstone read, here lies Jessica, she yeah. had a ton of potential. Like no one wants to be remembered be as a as a as a potential, yeah. right? Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> right. right. And so it's it's it'd be amazing if Jessica were to live her life and people come to her funeral and uh-huh. it, it says, "This is Jessica. Here lies Jessica. She did it." Right. She had nothing more to give because she she did it all. She gave it all. Right? She gave it all. You yeah. Know? You know, I ask that question all the time, and mm-hmm. people like, if you were, you know, to see how fulfilled you, how fulfilled of a life are you living every single day, 
like if you were to just decide to leave the planet today would you be happy with what what you've left because i mean you know as entrepreneurs we're constantly growing right and so we're constantly achieving more setting a higher standard and so for one moment to the next is enough ever enough Eh, i don't know as entrepreneurs do we even know what enough means yeah right right and so that's a you know that's that's kind of a you know right in line with what I talk about. It's like if you were to leave the planet today, yeah, you know, yeah. I just I mean I got to a point where like it, it was it was a thought experiment. You know, I was really diving deep into really thinking. You know, tomorrow it's like at the snap of a second. You know, something could happen like on the plane or you know like climbing up the steps or. And it's, I just got to a point where it was, I was just telling myself, you know, like, I don't want to choose which moments. I want to choose moment to moment. It's, you know, it's like a constant, you don't get to choose which type of day or, you know, the morning I'm like this, but in the day then I get to just relax and do anything. It's, no, it's, you know, like feel, feeling fulfilled and feeling intentional moment by moment and knowing that you are consciously wanting to live every moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just a reminder for those of you who are listening that uh, and are listening to us live, make sure you go to Spreaker.com. Get on the platform. It's a, it's, you can actually download the app as well. Get on the chat and you can actually ask us questions in the middle of our conversations so that we can uh, interact with you. Any questions that you may have for Carrie. Now, <clears throat> Carrie, I, there, I think one of the big things that resonate with a lot of people is we all grow up with plenty of excuses and reasons not to succeed. Plenty of excuses and reasons not to make the money that we want to make. Okay, And, you know, if for those of you who are listening, if you are triggered by me saying, you know, make money, it says, oh, this is a show just about everybody. It's just about making money. Nothing else. It says, yeah, it is. And let's think about the world we live in today. You know, could you do more? Could you achieve more if you made more money? Right. If you had more money, like Carrie, right now, if I gave you like a million dollars, five million dollars, a ten million dollars right now, okay, would you splurge that on yourself and just do random things? No. Right. What could you potentially do with that? I would do. I would. So that that question is great. What what that allows you to do is to continue to create greater content or a service or a product that you may have as entrepreneurs. And so it's, it's great that you asked that. And uh, again, making that type of money, for example, um, allows you to understand that that's a marker that you're doing the right thing or you're doing great with whatever service you provide or what product you create and whatever mission you serve. Right. And so a, a good way to put that is uh, my buddy Corey and I, who started Thou Collective together, uh, one of our dreams was, for example, if we could take an example when 311, that big tsunami hit in Japan a few years ago, um, that type of income would allow us to just be like, hey, let's not only just give money to the country of Japan and its relief support, but let's also fly out there and help ourselves. And for us to be able to have that type of mentality and the capabilities is wealth to us. Right. And allowing that type of income and the lifestyle will allow us to be able to do that anywhere we go. Right. If we're working at Target, we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, and nothing against people nothing that against. Work at Target. Yeah, what I'm saying is, when you're tied down to a, a and I just use that because I just thought of it real quick, right? Okay. Or Starbucks, or Walmart. if I'm looking for man lotion, creating lotion, right? <laughs> I can't just get up and go help people. I can't go and create more value right. for others when that is your mission. Mm-hmm. 
So it really depends on what your mission is right. and how that aligns with your purpose and right. what, what, that, what you need in order for you to fulfill that purpose. Right. So, so let's deconstruct your money story a little bit just so that we can help people understand how you ended up making that transition, that pivotal point where, <clears throat> so from what I understand it, you grew up, your dad uh, left the country to go make money. It was supposed to be a one-year contract. I love that story. It's like, I read that. I was like, oh, bam, hit you in the gut type of thing where he said he's going to make some money. When he makes enough money, he'll come back. Well, one year. Yeah. In one year. One year, right? Exactly. And here it is, what, 39 years later? No. Okay, come on, man. I'm not that old, dude. Come on. <laughs> I was 10, <clears throat> and that was 28 years ago. Okay, yes. here I am thinking you're like my age. So. so 28 years later, he's still he's there. He's still there. Okay. And what's his excuse? His excuse is that... that uh I'm not there to take care of him now. No, I'm just kidding. That's not an excuse, but it, it's it's fear of coming back. It's fear that he's going to come back and not make enough money to support you know my mom. Okay. Or so it was due to money. It absolutely. Was driven by money. Hundred percent. So, so <clears throat> in your in your money story, potentially you had the opportunity to grow up with a money story that basically says that when it comes to money, if you don't make enough, you don't deserve to have a family. You don't deserve to be around. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different layers, but that's just one aspect, yeah, right? That you yeah. could have taken away from that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think was the big way that the big shift that helped you not basically keep that around as a story? Because most of the time when we grow up, we, we actually adopt the story from our parents, mm-hmm. from our loved ones, because they're the ones that teach us that money story. Yeah. What, what do you think was that big uh, monumental shift that allowed you to break away from that, adopting that for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think uh, when I hit my rock bottom, when I realized, wow, I have, I have, I have to restart my life all over again. Again, this is seven years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, and just saying, you know what? None of this worked. None of this worked. I have to develop a new mindset, right? And so one of the biggest quotes that I've, I've taken with me thus far, and it's helped guide me, is, is one of Les Brown's quotes. And he said that making a million dollars was one of the easiest things he's ever done. Uh-huh. But believing that it could happen to him was the hardest thing to overcome. Getting that piece, right? Or believing that it could happen to him or right. believing that he deserved it, right? And right. so all these, all these years, I had, to, I had to restructure my mind mm-hmm. that that I am well able, that I believe that a million dollars can come to me, come my way. Right. And I, I always grew up the first you know, 33 years of my life with a scarcity mentality, a scarcity mindset. Over I don't know what that is. Nobody has that. An ab- abundance. <laughs> an, an abundance mindset. Yeah. And so you know, we have, we have a, had a lot of fear and overcoming that fear. And, uh, and again, just overcoming my missionary mentality. You know, my, both right. my grandfathers were missionaries. My father at one point was a missionary, and okay. I even went on a mission. So my, okay. my thing was always, you know, you give your time. You know, you do stuff at a less cost to help people. Right. And that was the, the brainwashing that I had to go through right. and overcome. Right. So was there like a certain point where you just had like this epiphany or was it a gradual process where you were going step by step and yeah the, the epiphany was wow I'm married I'm married I have a wife I got married on a on a on the Oprah Winfrey network 
nationally televised. What? Wait, what? Yeah. I, yeah. What? Wait, so, I did not know this about Yeah, yeah this, this is new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> surprises, man. You know, that's, that's always good, right? But yeah, you know, my <laughs> wife and I, my wife and I got married on a, on a show called Don't Tell the Bride. And of course, we were engaged and we were together for over five years at that time. Wait, so, it's so not like, it's not like I, it's not like I yeah. met someone on, on a reality show yeah. and married her. No, not like that. But you met Eileen on Oprah? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's and it's story. Aileen, by the way, not Aileen. Not Eileen. Wait, so I really like that song. What, by the way, come on, Eileen. Like, but we could check into Eileen. D- don't tell the bride. Is that yeah. what what happened on the yeah. show? No, the show was great. The show was great. We got married. We had a free wedding. And how did you uh, hooked up with that? Uh, charming personality. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, you <know>. Partially. <laughs> No, you know, honestly, it was a it's that the show wasn't the the details of it. Like, but the, the fact that I had I had made a commitment on national TV, yeah, right, and and then just saying to looking into Aileen's father's eyes, saying, "I'm going to mm. take care of your daughter," yeah, and making that making that commitment, you know, uh, to to God and to to my family, to her family, and to her, obviously, yeah. Right. And three months later, you know, we're we're flat broke. And and we're living at my mom's house, right? Uh-huh. As a married couple, mm-hmm. and Aileen has to uh, pick up a job that that that's paying her seventeen dollars an hour to support us mm-hmm. as I'm restarting my life. Wow. That was the pivotal moment, saying, "Wow, something needs to really radically change." Yeah, and uh, that was the pivotal moment for me to just be like, "All right, uh, I have to start a new mindset, a new approach to this, mm-hmm. and and completely turn everything upside down and try new things here and there." And so. Uh, that that was that was a starting point really wow. Wow. to this entrepreneurial lifestyle. Aileen, yeah. holding it down, and she stuck with you this whole time. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's mm. a, a stuck. I wouldn't say she's stuck. I mean, you're a pretty cool guy. You know, I'd marry you, but I'm, but you're taken already. <laughs> just kidding. No, you just have the same hairstyle. Yeah, well, so now it's just work. like you know, copy you with my hairstyle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> wow, thank you for sharing that. That was that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what what were some of the you know, there are a lot of people out there that have probably something similar mm-hmm. you know and, and in hitting rock bottom like I, t- I tell people all the time my own journey is like I would never wor- wish on my worst enemy um, and yet our journeys tend to be metaphorical representations of people out there who hit their rock bottom because mm-hmm. every, everybody's rock bottom is a little bit different but the, but the big question is you know when you hit rock bottom you know what, what are some of the sequences what are some of the gemstones that you could probably share that that you know other people you know have tried all these different ways and they they can't seem to get away from that rock bottom place you know there are people who who get broke and they just stay broke people who like hit that rock bottom just stay there and then start to manifest all these different reasons how or why to stay there what what would you say was one of the one of the big steps that you took that got you out of that that place yeah, there's not there's really no one step to be honest with you, right. Um I tried and 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 have implemented so many different things, you know, as 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 I'm here today, still learning. Right. But I really think that that one of them was uh, just my reason and knowing what my purpose is. Right. Just going back to knowing why you are here on this earth, uh-huh. and every single time you face a, a challenge or an obstacle, it's right. going back to understanding what my purpose is. So my my purpose is to build kings, and then in the process, uh, I I will be able to live that lifestyle as well. And so it's it's really my goal was not to make more money; it was to add more value and 
and receive whatever comes, whether that be financial or uh, or mental victories. Right. You know, and and really, that I don't I don't know how else to explain that. Um, I've I've been open to any type of uh, channel uh-huh. of receiving income or uh-huh. or that you know. And so, for example, like right now, I have a, a fitness business, I have a real estate business. Uh-huh. Um, I do my podcast and my book. Uh, and and more recently, we we were able to become restaurateurs and invest in our very first restaurant. And so, oh. all that became a collective of, of all these avenue streams. Right. Uh, uh, for me to just add value and plug in and and just really become a solution provider for other people right and that that that's really it, i don't know how else to explain it but right. that's just how it's been done for me so, so how was it di- how was that shift in your mindset and the shift in your approach and how you live and how you perceive life how was that different from before oh sure sure well before it was just like you you work like an ant every single day uh-huh. and you hopefully save for the next 30 years uh-huh and work as hard as you can so that you can, by the time you retire, you know, you're, you, you saved up enough money. Right. And uh, you could collect from uh, the government, you know, for right. the rest of your life. And, and that was it. And so even up until two, three years ago, uh, I had my parents just badgering me like, what are you doing? Like, what, why, what are you doing on the real estate? And just go find a job and, and just see yourself as an aunt. Mm. You know, that's so you what my had mom, your parents telling you that. Oh yeah, they said yeah. aunt. They actually said they, aunt. My, my my mom did right, and so see yourself as an aunt. See myself as an aunt. Where not like a relative aunt, but like an aunt. No, like a in, the insect, the insect. Because if you look like my aunt, she's amazing entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think she's mean. Yeah, I don't think she's <laughs> the insect kind. Yeah, the right? insect kind. Right. Yeah, and uh, and and so it was really. Oh, and another thing too was just really surrounding myself with uh, people who are doing doing you know things out there that are are, are making a difference and making an impact right. and, and making solid income so mm-hmm. even now to this day i would say that the five guys that, that i reach out to most or i call you know a good friend of mine mm-hmm. um are all mul- either multi-millionaires or i and i thought about this the other day too okay like even the guy who's making the lease is making seven, at least seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year you right. know and so knowing that i make less than all those guys uh it just puts me in a perspective where, wow i have i have so much to gain from and learn mm-hmm. from these guys and continue to be inspired by well, starting myself with them you know there's that saying like your what your average IQ is you know the average of the five people you spend the most time with or your salary too right they say yeah, salary too yeah, yeah. anything salary um, income prosperity your yourself. energy yeah, yeah. Exactly. all that stuff yeah, yeah I, I really believe that right. totally do yeah wow that's that's uh, <laughs> I can't believe your mom said aunt Yep. God bless her soul, man. I love her to death. Well, yeah, you know? and and here's the thing: is is how what are the ways we break away from that? Because I'm sure you figured this out too. Mm-hmm. Which is, we can't poo poo on our parents. No. for mm-hmm. doing the best they could, teaching with what they already they only know how to do. Mm-hmm. It's like toolboxes, right? Mm-hmm. If they have a hammer and a screwdriver, and that's all they have in toolbox, but you learned to how to use a hammer, how to use a crowbar, how to use a screwdriver, how to use a planer, how to use a leveler, and all mm-hmm. these different things, you have more tools. Yeah. And so if they're saying, no, 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 we don't know how to use that tool. I mean, you know, my father's kind of the same way and, you know, I love him to bits and, uh, you know, he's got his own journey as well. And he, what he doesn't understand that I do, he doesn't think is real. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't understand it, you know, yeah. super brilliant guy because of my dad, we have some amazing things on this planet, PhD, electrical engineering. And if he doesn't understand it, then it's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see it when I believe it. No, mm-hmm. I'll believe it when I see it, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of out of order because if you don't believe in it first, yeah. how can you create it? Mm-hmm. Right. Which yeah. is kind of what, what you had to shift there. It sounds yeah. like it should, yeah. you had to create this belief system that mm-hmm. 
I don't need to adhere. And it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you went through in the beginning was was trying to figure out how to adapt to this cultural expectation too. Mm-hmm. You know, and every culture has it, and, and not just because we're Asian here and stuff yeah, like that. But yeah. but every culture has their own little perception mm-hmm. on how money, prosperity mm-hmm. is is to to be created in our lives. Right, right. right. Could you touch on that a little bit in terms of yeah, how yeah. That- <laughs> so man, you know, at 21, I got my first corporate job at Fox Sports as a, as a highlight producer. That's when my mom jumped for joy, right? Mm-hmm. Or as you guys say, jump for joy, right? <laughs> jump for joy. Jump for joy. So she did, man. She's like, oh my gosh, Kara, I'm so proud of you. are 21. You already have your first corporate gig at Fox Sports, reputable right. company. And I was like, yeah, mom, just give me like seven to eight years. I'll be the next Rob Fukuzaki. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and uh, I was like, yeah, this is the dream job. And it only took me a year and a half to find myself 45 pounds heavier. I'm uh-huh. five, I was like 5'6", 170. Holy cow. I'm looking like a little meatball with a head, you know? I was like, this is not the look. This is not the look that I want to, to, to go for. I'm assuming this is before we should Aileen. See this is before Aileen. Oh, we should. And so what's funny is that I went from that to joining a rock band as a front man for the next seven, eight years. Wow. wow. But that, you know, mom wasn't too happy about that either. Right? She's like, what are you doing? Like, you... You try to be a rock star. What do you do? Go get a go get a real job. Wait, so and, how can you, know, you left the Fox Sports to to join the band? Yeah, and, and, oh, sorry and, about and, that. Did, and didn't you perform at a really cool place? Oh, we performed at many cool places. We've opened for major acts. You know, um, mm. the 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 member from Switchfoot produced our albums. We've uh-huh. uh, we played at the House of Blues, the Whiskey, the Roxy, Whoa. Uh, the El Rey Theater, every, every place you can imagine. And uh, we did well for a while as a local gig, as a local band. Yeah. Um, but when that when that fell through, that's when I had to reset, you know, everything, uh, my life. But during that time, I was very entrepreneurial. You know, I had an eBay business going. Uh, I sold jeans on eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, and and always always entrepreneurial. And so I even went to a Costco liquidation hub, got pallets and pallets of of liquidated items. Had a storefront. And sold all the liquidated Costco goods, uh, marked up forty percent, and still had it. You know, were able to to do, do yeah. ventures such as that. So uh, I was always very entrepreneurial minded. Yeah, but it I, sounds like you had that spirit in you from like day one. <laughs> from day one, yeah, absolutely. But again, confused, right? Because of culture expectations, like you said. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the challenge that we face as entrepreneurs is that if you are, if you find yourself feeling that you were born with that spirit, mm-hmm. you know, there. The world we live in today doesn't necessarily cultivate that, and, and, and independent of any culture, our cultures, Asian cultures, really, you know, it's it really depends on the kind of family that you're born into, and mm-hmm. even so, there is no tried and true like systematic approach mm-hmm. of of making sure that you succeed mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that spirit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We actually do have a question from a listener. Would nice. you mind uh, answering it? No, I don't mind. Okay, at all. so Amy Steinberg. She says here, that's what is my situation right now. My husband is working and I'm trying to build my caregiving business. What do you do to keep yourself from getting discouraged? Well, I guess I would ask you, Amy, how, bad, how, how much do you believe in this business and what is your purpose behind it? And I guess at the end of the day, your results will have to show and you got to put in that extra time and effort into building this career. If that's what you truly want to do and if, if that's the purpose that you feel as yearning inside your soul. Right. And really just what it comes down to is just loving your husband for where he is and what he sees and understanding that, nurturing that, but at the same time, you got to be a boss and a beast and start to show results and everything else will come together. That's my opinion, Amy. But keep doing your thing, man. That sounds amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I mean, you know, do you ever get discouraged? 
Every day. Yeah. Every it's day. Too, you know, right? not one. I, I, yeah, you're right. As an entrepreneur, I don't think one, not one day goes by where you have this pang or twinge of discouragement of just, just this being human, mm-hmm. right? Just being human and just being, you know, uh, sensitive to certain things. And as you become more sensitive to the needs of others, yeah. you can't help but feel that discouragement every once in a while. And I think that just comes part with part of the territory as being an entrepreneur is that that's part of what makes entrepreneurship so great. Mm-hmm. That's part of what allows us to grow because that that discouragement and that ability to be able to grow from that will literally help your business grow as well. Well, let me ask you, Wei, what what allows you to break through from your daily discourage? Uh, I guess your 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 daily fears. Yeah, it's, I think it's very similar to what you're talking about is identifying with the purpose. Mm. You know, I, I always have this mantra in my journal and, and just posted in random places where what is the highest commitment? What is my highest commitment to the people that I'm here to serve? In other words, we always talk about and hear about people who are in relationships and says, would you take a bullet from me? Would you, t- would you take a grenade from me? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> what does he say? I would take. I would take. That's that's uh, Bruno Mars. I would take a grenade for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Sing, okay. sing that one line for us, though, way. Uh, I I don't I don't remember how Jess, it goes. Can you can you sing that line? No, I can't uh, remember. It's, it's too high. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah, high. It's really right? high. Anyway, I love the guy. By the way, yeah, have you ever sure. seen him in concert? I have not. He is not an live. amazing performer. Yeah. You got to mm. see him at least once. Okay. Yeah. yeah for he's a total headliner. I mean, you watch perform dancing, everything is whole band, everything. It's really cool. But anyway, um. Uh, none of them are Bruno Mars, but the whole point is this: is that you know we talk about that to the people that we love and care about. But if you can find that one thread that will that you can say without a doubt that I'd be willing to take a bullet for this type of these people that I serve for this reason, mm-hmm. that defines your highest commitment. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to die, if you're willing to literally take a bullet, mm-hmm. take a grenade mm-hmm. for the people that you're here to serve. Mm-hmm. Can I add to that? Yeah. So just going back to Amy, just because I feel like I, you know, I just have a heart for Amy, man. You know, because I understand, right? That right. just that that uh, the distortion there is even within the own family, right? And um, passion, we hear that word a lot, right? Every every YouTube motivational content has that word passion in it, and so it's kind of watered down these days. It's just it, it's become a buzzword. But when you really truly understand what the word passion means, passion means a suffering. You know the the the, the movie um, the Passion of the Christ. Right. That mean that meant that like you said you're gonna take a bullet that you're gonna die for your message. Right. And so, are you willing to die for your message? Are you willing to die for your purpose? Are you willing to die for your existence and what you're what you're about? Right. And uh, I guess that question, if you guys ask me that, yes, I'm 100 percent ready to die for my message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean that you literally have to die. I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a metaphorical representation of the level of commitment and conviction that you have to what you're here to do. So yeah, no, I I, I really appreciate you going there with that because um, I had I actually didn't even think about going in that direction and that totally worked. So Amy goes, oh yeah, it's my calling. So yeah, so I I think if it, if it is your calling, you know, um, then then the the daily trials and tribulations, the frustrations, and even money challenges become what's the word superfluous becomes trivial mm-hmm. you know to what you're really here to do all it is is a feedback mechanism on on what you need to do to you know get to the next level mm-hmm. because if you can get past one challenge then it elevates your business that one step further 
right mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. what, what what is one challenge that either of you i mean you could tell one challenge that you've recently overcome that you felt rippled out to impact your either business or your life Oh, uh, you want to go? No, guess first. Yeah, you know, uh, I've learned in the last two years, after writing my book and my podcast, um, you know, I always wanted to kind of be like the the nice guy, like people pleaser, right? I I always wanted to be liked by everyone. And then I I, I realized that. to be liked, that's a big one. Yeah, and let's just be honest, like we all want to be liked. We all want to be acknowledged and and, uh, thought of. But even culturally, like in Asian cultures, it's Mm -hmm. not even the need to be liked, but the need to fit in sure 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 or right. blend in or disappear mm-hmm. yeah like Jeffy's goes like okay just be a wallflower right? right and so and so now now that we i have a, a, a much bigger purpose i realize that hey i may not be everyone's cup of tea right. but i'm still going to share my message in a vocal and loud way yeah. Because that's my purpose. Well, that's what Confucius said, right? Confucius, Confucius say. say <laughs> the key to failure is the trying please, to please uh, everyone. There you go. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Prease, right? Yeah. Prease. Prease, yeah. Yeah. And, and if, this is, uh, if this is offensive to any of you listening out there, just get over it because yeah. the message is much deeper than that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and we're all, we're all Asian here anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On this so, episode. On this anyway, episode, right? yeah. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So, really, really cool concepts, really cool areas right here so what's what's next for you Carrie I mean what do you, what's coming up in the horizon now that you've gotten you know um, all these pieces in place you've gotten your your um, gotten out of that seven year like rock bottom place mm-hmm. you've launched yourself into yeah. the stratospheric area I mean what's coming up for you next yeah yeah so I've uh, I've been graciously accepted to a, a speakers coalition for example recently awesome. by your friend Allison yeah um, I've spoken on stage with a former not former there once you're a TEDx speaker you're always a TEDx speaker right so I've searched to the shared stages with uh, this guy named billionaire PA um, so I guess just really expanding my my platform as a speaker uh, my goal really is to travel all around the world with my wife and with Val Collective, my uh, media company, and uh, being able to to travel from place to place months at a time, uh-huh. and to speak and be able to sh- uh, shoot and film short documentaries of of amazing people, not necessarily like um, famous entrepreneurs or celebrities per se, uh-huh. but people who have mastered their craft, right? And uh, people who are honorable in that sense of of holistically sticking to their pure identity. Uh-huh. Um, and and doing some amazing things again. I always say, regardless of the circumstances, right? right? Because again, that falls in line with your excuses. Yeah, you know, it's regardless of your circumstance. Because we all have external circumstances. We all have exter- exterior forces that cannot be controlled. And in that sense, we don't really have freedom. But we have the freedom, hundred percent control of how to react and how to create our purpose within that frame. Right. So, uh, again, it's just now I, I really want to, my wife and I want to travel the world and see different parts and really walk in the ends of the earth. And I, I really do mean that. Like, I really want to, obviously, we've got to fly places, but then walk the right. ends of the earth to meeting new people and, and uh, developing communities globally of like-minded people. Yeah, very awesome. And yeah. how, would you, how would you describe your relationship with money now? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it, man. Like I see it as um, as a vehicle again to create more value and to be able to do greater things on a bigger scale that I, I truly believe in. Uh-huh. 
And so that means even even on a, a smaller scale, getting greater equipment, you know, yeah. uh, being able to have that type of income will allow me to, to yeah. invest in my own business, right? Whether that means having greater equipment, more resources, a team that could allow us to do more, right? Um, and, and allowing us to travel without having to do a, a Kickstarter campaign or anything like that, right? So it, it, it really it ties in and, and I have a beautiful relationship with money in that, in that the money that I bring in is a marker that I'm doing something legit. Right. Uh, it, it, money that comes in creates more value for other people. It allows me to just give back freely and right. as often as I like just because I can. Right. And uh, it, it really is a vehicle to give back and to, again, like, like what Corey and I said, we, we just want to be able to, to go anywhere at any time and be able to give freely to anybody and anybody who needs help. Right. And I, and I love what you, and I hope those of you who are listening, uh, whether it be live or not, <clears throat> caught that one piece right there when he said, you know, I, I want to be able to travel without having to launch a Kickstarter campaign. But who thinks about that? Mm. Who thinks about that being a way to resolve, uh, to get what they want? Because most of the time, if you don't, most people use money as an excuse. I don't have the money to travel, so I just won't travel. Mm-hmm. And I just won't go. So even in that statement, it shows kind of where your mindset is at when it comes to money, where your your beingness is around money is that it's not that money is a stopping block you just have a different way of bringing it in to mm. get what you want because you're still going to travel you're just going to use a Kickstarter campaign <laughs> yeah yeah right? that's good that's a good way <laughs> right yeah yeah and uh, and that's huge and that's not something that you were probably born with something that Mm-mm. you had to basically disrupt the flow of what generationally was being handed down to mm-hmm. you and you just said what no mm-hmm no more, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you saw what it created, the circumstance it created just seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. from there, you just launch yourself back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. has it been, and, and the journey, has it been fast, has it been furious, or has it been just kind of like incremental for you? Uh, I believe it's been incremental. And obviously, I, I, would, I was always at that now, now, now mentality. Even now, I'm very like, come on, let's go, 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 right? right? And I think that's natural for, you know, I think people like us just to, to always just want to keep going in terms of like having a, a plan and having a, a game plan for your, your, your goals. Yeah, I think it's good to have that. I'm also in the creative process as well. So entrepreneurs have to be creative, right. understanding that, that that takes time. Yeah. And so even more recently, I have adopted this Kaizen mentality. So Kaizen is a word that's being popularized by a lot of American businesses today. Uh-huh. It's a Japanese word that the, the, the meaning behind it is, is continual improvement. And that's it. How do you define that? How do you incorporate and implement that into your life? Right. And uh, there's this uh, analogy that that water is water is hot at 211 degrees right right so it's hot but at 212 degrees it starts to boil it starts to boil and when it starts to boil it produces steam right and steam is powerful enough to push a local locomotive, locomotive train right and sometimes it's that one degree difference that's going to allow you to just explode i love that and mm-hmm. so for the past seven yeah. years i feel like every single day i've just been improving by one degree improving by one percent right and I, you know what to be honest with you like uh, i'm so excited to get to two to 212 i'm not yeah. even there yet right and once i hit 212 guess what i start again from wherever I start and just continue to build 1% mm-hmm. every single time. I, I finish that breakthrough, I'm excited. And progress, Tony Robbins would always say this, that mm-hmm. progress is, is happiness, right? And mm-hmm. so as long as every single day, I, I learn from you guys today, 1%, 1 degree. Mm-hmm. And obviously we want to learn more, but at least make that your goal. Right. And uh, 
yeah, man, it's just been a, a great incremental journey, and I loved it. And I've, I'm now today, I could sit back and say I am so grateful for every pain and obstacle that I faced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you say that yeah. you've actually hit two twelve a, a couple times to kind of as a up level hit two twelve? Yeah. And then bring out and get a new pot, a bigger pot. Great, uh, great analogy right there, way. Right? I didn't even think about that pot. Yeah, you know, get the pot. Go with the pot with the butt. Pour the water with the pot. Yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh so God. we have another question right here. Actually, just came in. It says, "How do you not appear desperate when you're in that rock bottom place?" Well, how do you feel that you're being desperate, Amy? Right. And so the question comes back to you, Amy, is how do you feel that you're being desperate? How are you being desperate? How do you think, what makes you think that you are being desperate? Right. Yeah. So as we wait for her to answer, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think about the time when I, you know, I've hit rock bottom quite a few times in my life. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, what has kept me down there was operating out of desperation. It became even more frustrating. Mm. In fact, I think the desperation piece hit in uh, probably when I felt I was on the decline. Mm. And when it started to come down, and then I started acting desperate, and it just accelerated it. Mm. So mm. I just dove into that rock bottom place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there, being desperate did nothing for me. And then I would find a way to get back out again. And I think after hitting it a few times, being broke, like you were saying, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I I was so prideful. Mm, that's good. That I didn't have. That I didn't even think about reaching out hmm. to parents, reaching out to friends, reaching out to my sister. Because I told my sister the story years later. She goes, she had tears in her eyes. She said, "Why didn't you reach out to me and tell me you were that broke?" Mm, yeah, I said I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, culturally, that was unacceptable mm-hmm. yeah. what I created there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I would rather just die mm-hmm. for that versus dying for something bigger. Mm-hmm. So, the, so that leads to the question: When we're talking about dying for your purpose and your cause, would you rather die for something great, or would you rather die for something so small that nobody will even notice? Mm. That's mm. Good point. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, she said. I have lots of ways to grow my business. Money issues always get in the way. Hmm. Huh. But hmm. like more specifically, like what, what? So we could break that down, right? Yeah. So what kind of money issues are we talking about? Sure. You know, and are they and and the fact that they say always? Yeah. You know, that's a universal quantifier, right? It sounds more of a mindset. Yeah. Than yeah, a than a physical circumstance, Amy. Right. So please let us know. Yeah. Because here's the thing about, you know, let's, let's do a little shift here, okay? How does money not get in the way of what you already do? You know, I'm assuming, Amy, that you probably drive a car. We all drive a car. And if we spend money to get gas, does that get in the way of the car? On the opposite, actually quite the opposite. It actually allows you to move the car forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how are we interpreting and perceiving that money always? Always means every single time mm-hmm. never means every single time so it's very few things in our life that really qualify under the always and a never you know um what are the mindset pieces i think about always and you know you can tell me what you think about this carrie where you know when we use always and never it's almost because our mind's getting lazy at really truly understanding what's happening yeah we have like a generalization right yeah it's it's uh being blinded to your inner conversations and it's good that we're actually talking and amy i would encourage you to actually start reading these things out loud to yourself because whatever you can reveal you can actually transform 
And so a lot of it as coaches here right. is allowing our client, clients to bring their inner conversations out loud. And, uh, and so it uh, sounds like there are f- certain fears and denial that's being associated with money or the end result that you're wanting to achieve. Right. You know, and uh, a good example is my last real estate transaction uh-huh. uh, was for a, a, a pretty, pretty nice chunk of change. It was a $1.25 million home. And, uh, and the, the interaction between myself and the listing agent uh, got sideways because obviously there's a lot of money on the line. And uh, the, the real estate agent was just giving me a fit, right? Just, just, just giving it to me like, oh, I've been in this for 25 years and you're still young and this and this and that. And I was like, hey, let's meet, let's meet up. Let's meet up and let's, let's try to like figure this out. And uh, as I got to, to know her and sat face to face and calmed down and we talked, I wanted to get into her understanding and psyche of where she's coming from. And what I came to understand was that I had gotten to know some of the few pe- uh, some of the, the, the members of her uh, brokerage, uh-huh. and and she would ke- she kept saying, "Well, dude, she makes this much amount, you know, and he makes this kind of money. And if you're not making three hundred thousand dollars, you're a nobody. No one thinks you're anybody in that brokerage if you're not making at least three hundred grand." So I'm uh-huh. like, "Aha!" Uh-huh. So okay. her, the reason why she's so upset at me is because of her fear of how she's she's going to be perceived as. Right, you know, mm-hmm. as a as an underperforming uh, br- agent. agent, right? You know, like so it matters like, more. It matters more, right? That for face or reputation. Yeah, yeah. In in association mm. with with what she brings in, so the commission, which is like what thirty seven thousand five hundred, would add or subtract from her right. reputation. Huh. Mm. And once I was able to <clears throat> tap in and, and reassure her, right, that we're going to get this deal done. Uh huh is when everything just turned into uh, a fruition. Like, it was awesome. Mm. And, we, and we did the deal, and then we became friends and all that kind of stuff. And nice. so it's understanding, you know, right. really what the, the deeper level of, of how you associate yourself with the relationship to money. Right, yeah. And, Sounds uh, like you have a knack for turning foes into friends through money. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know about, yeah. Not, I mean, like, the bike you mentioned, you know, the yeah. bike yeah. guru. Yeah. Was out to get you. Well, he, yeah, well, we made it clear on our podcast that's coming out tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, it was, there was a miscommunication that I had put a hit on somebody. Whoa, that over, you? That I did. And I thought, that's, I thought that was a story. Whoa. So I made it clear on the interview, and it wasn't the case. But he <laughs> did he did contact me to find out where the source of, of this uh, conflict was coming from because people right. were threatened and all that kind of stuff. Too, so. wow. yeah, That's intense. Sounds like an intense podcast. And yeah. we might have to make sure that we, we, we put out the information so our audience can actually get into that. So yeah, we, that'd be we, great. We actually have another one more question here from Jennifer Stinnett. She goes, uh, how does Kerry keep his productivity on track running his current business? Productivity equals sanity. Mm. Exclamation. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, you love what you do. Businesses. You love what you do. I love it. And uh, I do always take the time. Nowadays, uh, I do it maybe three to four days a week. But every single day, well, first of all, if you don't have everything on calendar, it's not going to get done. Right. So I have everything on my calendar. And I'm, I'm constantly checking, and you make your time so valuable, right? Yeah. And so you do that first and foremost. Again, it's, it's, it's a mentality and a lifestyle that you have to adopt as you go. Right. Um, but really, it's, it's starting the day off. I start, I start off very early. So I'll wake up at between, I used to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, 
And uh, I would do a, an hour of just uh, journaling and writing down 10 things that I'm absolutely grateful for and then writing down That's 10 awesome. affirmations and validations about myself. Uh, and then I take 10, uh, 10 more minutes of just meditation or prayer or I read a script that I enjoy and I meditate on those thoughts. Wow. Um, That's and awesome. then when you do that, you, you fall in love with yourself again. You know, when you fall in love with yourself and you love your life, then everything else comes easily. And I'd normally just tackle all the tough tasks beginning. Right. At the very beginning. And so it really, it's not that hard. If you think about guys like Mark Cuban and Elon Musk and all these guys, I mean, uh -huh. these guys are doing. Uh, quadruple multi-billion dollar businesses so you have to ask how do they handle that right mm -hmm. I've right. met the Wizard of Wall Street Julian Robertson New York Bill Huang of Tiger Asia these guys are investing and in, in handling billions of dollars yet they have so much time for their family mm -hmm. um, you know I'm, I'm just a, a small nugget you know just daily <laughs> you know da handling daily tasks which which comes relatively easy to me so right. I think if you truly are behind your message and you love what you do, uh, it really is no like, oh, I got so much I got to do. And, and is that what am I answering Amy's question there? Uh, it's Jennifer's I'm question. Jennifer's question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th I think it does because yeah. I think the calendar thing, I mean, it's gotten to a point where like, I, I, I believe in the whole calendar, the whole mm -hmm. time blocking. It's a lot of what I teach into our students here, mm -hmm. the time blocking aspects. And what's interesting is I find the days where I have empty blocks of nothing. Yes. I sit there and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> I'm like, that is true. Uh, I guess I'll go play some video games or something. <laughs> I don't know what's, yeah. ha what's happening. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, okay, cool. So Jennifer says, yep. So thank you yep. for that. Uh, and then Amy basically uh, is clarifying a little bit. She goes, when you're worried about basic survival, it's hard to know where money is coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, paychecks are allotted before they come. Money is sometimes in the way. Uh, I think um, that comes from uh, you're just having faith in your path. A lot of it, you know. Yeah. You know, prosperity doesn't care how it comes into your life. But more, more often than not, I found that when it comes to money, people actually are choking their own flow. And it's not because money doesn't want to come into your life. You know, I mean, I'm sure in your travels, Jessica, you talked about how, you know, people are able to just manifest from seemingly mm -hmm. nothing to create, you know, to survive mm -hmm. as they're traveling and different things, you know. Yeah. I mean, millennials, they have a very interesting... Uh, uh, mindset for those who travel the world of creating this spiritual energetic practice of just manifesting things yeah i mean in making that like a lifestyle not just when times of need right and and finding the community right. you know finding the people to surround themselves with um right. to feel that support and the network and the help and yeah. the creativity yeah what i found is the missing piece for a lot of millennials though is the piece, the missing piece in what we what we define as as a formulaic definition of prosperity which is equals to lifestyle which is millennials are really good at creating plus money but they leave the money part out mm -hmm. right and so looking to bridge that gap for millennials is a is a is a current big um, uh, goal of ours and then from our generations or the older generations prosperity equals money period Right, mm -hmm. and if you don't have that, you're not prosperous. Mm -hmm. So then there is the bridging of the gap between the money and the the lifestyle. Yes, yeah, yeah. So and lifestyle, there's a lot of different ways and nuances within lifestyle and money itself as well. So I think you know, for Amy, you know, um, I think really it's just kind of getting in touch deep, a deeper, deeper in touch, and actually building the relationship again with 
your faith and your in your purpose and everything. Let me ask Amy just personally, like what what are what are the last maybe two to three books that she's read? Yeah. Yeah, what what are your what are the last three books that you've read, Amy? That's the that's a good question. Because they say successful people, prosperous people read all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. said he read all the time. Yeah. Books yeah. on books on books. Oh, I know. I've seen his place. <laughs> and going back uh-huh. to uh, to Jennifer's question too, uh-huh. it's it's also learning how to say no to certain things as well. That yes. was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would always try to be that that guy who said yes to everything, who wanted to to be like everyone's hero. You know, yeah. And it's it's really understanding that now. I don't know if she's married or not. You know, but now I have a mortgage to pay, a wife to take care of, right? Um, and and a lot of dreams that I want to achieve. And so when you don't feel that certain meetups or friends or even events. Uh, it's just a waste of your time and it's really eliminating really eliminating the time wasters out of your life as well yeah so that that song I Need a Hero really resonated with you growing up huh I need a hero that might be too old man. I don't know way. oh man yeah. alright Who, who's that by by the way uh, I don't it's remember like Ricky, is it Ricky Martin no what I was thinking like hero Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin yeah. no. Mariah Carey hero that one no 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 okay. there's so many hero songs out there <laughs> um, no I, I can actually google right now and mm. then we have to wrap but uh, I What's the, what's the last book that you read, Carrie? Uh, the last book that I read is... Uh, the, the, the last book that I finished was, I want to say... It was by Mark Munson or Mark Manson. And it was How to Not Give a F. Hmm. Oh, Good cool. book. And I'm rereading The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. Great book. Mm. It's actually on our shelf. It's uh-huh. like a staple in this office. In uh, fact, Amy should read that... Or Jennifer should read that book. Oh, wait, wait. No, Who's Amy. One? Yeah, Amy. Amy should read The, the Magic, Magic of, of Thinking, Thinking Big. Big. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, that's one of the things that a lot of people talk about all the time. Says, what changed, what shift is, is I just started thinking bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you think you expand what's possible, then it actually uh, minimizes the challenge that's in front of you right now. The, Bonnie Tyler. Oh. Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie, no, I don't like, know. Is she country or? Uh, no. No. She's actually, uh, is from the movie Footloose. Oh, okay. Yeah, never heard. Okay. What book are you reading right now, Way? Uh, the book I have a stack of books actually reading, but one of the one of my favorite books is the, the uh, quickly to become a favorite book of mine is called the One Minute Millionaire or something like that. Cool. Uh. Yeah, it's it, the cool. The book is structured cool. It's like half of the side is a fictional uh, parable, mm-hmm. and the other side of the page is an, an actual left brain. So it speaks to both the left and the right brain. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. really cool book. But um, we're looking at I'm looking at the clock right now, and we're running a little bit over. So, so. Carrie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, sharing the gemstones, and I hope that people were able to extract from your stories and everything that you talked about this time. Uh, how are the ways that people can connect with you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can they can just go to carriehokama.com. That's where they have information about my book, about all my podcast episodes, mm-hmm. and has links to uh, my social media handles, which okay. is uh, I'm, I'm a most live or interactive on on instagram and facebook instagram and facebook Mm -hmm. okay so that's c-a-r-y-h-o-k-a-m-a yes dot com yes you (laughs) can email me at carrie at carriehokama.com carrie at carriehokama.com that's c-a-r-y at carriehokama.com hi hi okay cool 
Uh, let's see. Amy says, I read Way's book. I have a wonderful husband. I haven't read much lately. Just had cataracts there, so I can start reading more soon. Awesome. So, yeah, that's the key thing. If you can just commit yourself to reading and reading and reading every single day, at least, you know, the Slight Edge talks about uh, at least 10 pages a day. Or listening to podcasts. Or listen to podcasts, you know, such as this one and Carrie's, which is Own Yourself podcast. Um, and you can find us on iTunes, find us on Spreaker, and you can also go to the sixfigureacademy.com. Uh, that's basically uh, forward slash radio where you can see all the upcoming episodes and the past episodes. Once again, Carrie, thank you so much for being thank on the show. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I would love you, to Carrie. have you back again as this, this show continues to develop and as you continue to go down yes. your path. I learned um, so much from you guys. Thank you. Awesome. So let's kind of uh, wrap it up again. Uh, join us next week, Tuesday at noon, for our next show. It'll be Jessica and me talking about some interesting topics around money and we'll share that with you stay connected uh, follow us on Spreaker follow us on Facebook follow us on YouTube all those different things make sure you connect with Kerry and his tribe and um, we'll um, catch you next week Woo! enjoy the music all right, bye guys alright bye Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.